everybody and welcome to the Sunny 16 podcast. Uh, my name is Aid, and this is episode 317 as we approach in a couple of months our sixth birthday, would you believe? And uh, as teased, I think mostly by Christian last week, uh, this week we're starting a mini series uh, of shows uh, and uh, the tease, I guess, was not so much the mini series, but the, the topic. So I'm going to ask Christian to reveal that in one moment, uh, along with our super special guest for the week. Um, but Claire, how are you? I'm good, thank you. Yeah. Uh, looking forward to hearing our super special guest speak today all the way from a place that i really want to go to (laughs) 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 i'm very envious of yeah so I won't say anymore. You won't say anymore. Okay, well, good. So sadly, no Rach this week because she is both busy uh, and, and hectic in parenting. Uh, so Christian, how are you? Pretty good. I finished my dinner and uh, ready to go. Looking forward to our super special guest. Okay, well, I'm glad to know that you're fed and watered. Uh, yeah, because you know, not that not that we're settling in for a marathon podcast here. This isn't going to be a three three and a half hour jobby. Uh, we'll keep it to normal times. But yeah, so we've been working on this mini series, and uh, yeah, actually, Christian, you you've lined up our our guest. So why don't you introduce the topic and our guest? Oh goodness, yeah. So we wanted to talk about photographic style. And uh, since nobody of uh, nobody of us seems to know exactly what it is, we <laughs> had to, to uh, invite someone who knows, at least makes the impression of knowing what it is. And I'm really pleased that we have Nick Carver on the show. Hi, Nick. Welcome. Hello. Thanks for having me. I certainly do make the impression of knowing about it. That's the Try best anyway. thing. <laughs> Well, there, we'll put a link in our show notes, actually, for, for listeners uh, to a recent video that you did on your YouTube channel, uh, all about photographic style, actually. So uh, we're, uh, we're very pleased you could join us. Thank you. And uh, we are uh, this first uh, first of our shows in the, in the series is is a bit of an exploration of you know, what is photographic style? How might you recognize a photographic style? Uh, you know can you choose a style how do you get one of your own you know all these sorts of things that are questions that that vex photographers uh and not just new photographers but very well seasoned photographers uh, as well uh certainly you know many years into my love of photography I, I felt last year for just a little inkling that I might be zeroing in on a star or not zeroing in because that implies I'm chasing it, but one that the one that might naturally emerge. But then I might be wrong because I'm a bit fickle and, you know, I just play this game. So, you know, tomorrow I'll go and do something else instead, I suppose. <laughs> Different style altogether. Yeah, I've been there. That's, that's <laughs> part of the journey. You know, as I joked about in the video, I, I certainly have it all figured out. You know, I... I definitely have my style perfectly nailed in. It is exactly where I want it to be from here on out. So I, I know you've come to the right place. But um, yeah, the chasing a photographic style or, or hoping it it finds you is a very uh, up and down endeavor. And, um, you know, y- you mentioned fickle. I can be that way too. I just get tired of stuff and move on. And you can kind of feel like you're getting off track doing that, but I think that's actually part of the process, um, or can be, I'm sure everyone pursues their style in different ways, but it has been for me, you know, just being willing to abandon something when it feels right. It feels like it's the time to, to move on. Yeah. And, and, you know, uh, again, referring back to the, your, your video, uh, 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 
yeah, there have been a couple of points I think for you that you described there where you, you said you yeah you th- felt you had it nailed um, uh, and then all the wheels fell off um, and I can appreciate some of that myself because I yeah I've had you know, over the years moments where I've been either less motivated or tried something or just felt like it was all going horribly wrong and stuff like that. Claire, Claire on the other hand, um, is has a a, a a very visual style and you know very uh, you know, and well recognisable. Uh, recognized and easily recognizable but so i'm really interested to hear claire from from your point of view as well uh, through this mini series about your journey into style into style yeah it's interesting i i mean i don't know i think i don't think i for me personally i don't think i ever thought to myself um i'm going to do this style i i think for me you you just look at other people's works don't you that you like i think in some ways everybody i would say is influenced by other people's work and you just shoot what you like maybe and as time goes by it's um i think maybe you you change and you develop because you change and develop as a person don't you so maybe what you were interested in 10 years ago or 5 years ago or even a year ago might no longer interest you and I don't know. I don't know. And you go down this track or that track. It's it's interesting because mm. some of us, that's me basically, don't didn't even know they had a style until someone, I think I mentioned mm. that earlier, a friend of mine said, oh, yeah, that image is exactly your style. I was like, oh, I didn't know I had mm-hmm. a style. Mm. And yeah. one of the things that struck me, Nick, <clears throat> which I would like to um, ask you about in your video was you, you used to shoot digital earlier and you one very specific point that you made was that uh shooting film was an essential part of developing your your style and i feel the same because early on uh, when i shot digitally i was fiddling with sliders in uh, you know um uh, not photoshop but uh, apple aperture and and uh, i despise everything that i <laughs> photographed back then i despise that now because it's yeah i don't know uh, but then I got into film shooting and I feel exactly the, like you described. I, I started to compose pictures more, uh, photos more consciously. And um, my style was basically developed by shooting certain film stock, which gave me a certain, my images, a certain look. And uh, I, that's the look I fell in love with and that I tried to mm. keep you know, because I like it. And is that what you would say is sty- a style, a certain style? Or Yeah, I mean, you know, color palette and tonality and all that stuff absolutely is a an important part of style for sure. And I, I think film has um, played uh, a role in that for me. And in fact, recently I've kind of decided I'm uh, going to limit my film choices even more just to keep keep that look consistent. So I've, you know, I'm not, I've never been one to really experiment with different film stocks. People will send me film, Hey, try out this new film or whatever. And I, they just sit in my fridge forever because there's no picture I want to take where I'm willing to have it deviate so far from uh, the color palette that I'm already working with and the tonalities I'm already working with. Um, But at the same time, uh, the visual look the color pattern the contrast or whatever um wasn't really the the driving force that uh got me back from hating photography i mean film there's a lot of reasons to love film 
uh, I've tried to formulate those. I've tried to analyze why film played such an important role in bringing the spark back to photography for me. And all I can come back to is I think I just have some deep seated character flaws that need that like anticipation <laughs> as much as I need the result. In fact, oftentimes more than the result. Like I noticed myself just like last week, I was, I spent all week all jazzed about the weekend. I can't wait for the weekend to come. And then the weekend comes and it's like, eh, all right, I'm ready to get back to work. It's like, I, I almost need the, the idea of it to take a lot of my energy. And then I enjoy it so much more when it happens in film. There's so much more waiting. There's so much more uh, at stake um, yeah. with the cost. And you, if you screw up, you're, you're not going to know until a week later when you get your film back. And all of that seems to be a good match for my particular brand of, uh, of creativity. And I don't really know why, <laughs> but it does seem to work out for me. How much uh, does your the camera that you use very often is your six by seventeen camera, mm -hmm. and when I watch your videos, uh, and I see you handling the camera, I feel like that is a piece of equipment that also adds to the joy of shooting, um, yeah. because it, it it looks like it's really well built, and maybe you can uh, add a little more detail on what camera it is and so on. And, And um, it's, it's, you know, from composing the image with the ground glass to inserting the, the back film back and so on, it seems like uh, this whole process is something that tickles a certain nerve for you, which you like mm -hmm. to have tickled. And that's uh, something that I, I don't know if I imagine that when I observe you, but maybe you can mm -hmm. tell no, us you, a little bit about that. You're abs absolutely right on that. Because um, so for anyone who doesn't know, it's a... Uh, I use a six by 17 camera, so it uses medium format roll film, but it's a view camera. So it's much more like a large format camera. It's got the bellows and the two separate standards and the ground glass and the images composed upside down and all that. Um, and that's really my favorite camera to use. And many of my favorite pictures uh, come from using that camera. And I actually had someone email me recently who watches my channel and he just asks, he's like, well, the resolution you get from a six by 17, wouldn't you get the same, if not better resolution from a Fuji GFX 100 S or whatever it is, the hundred megapixel one, I forget the, the model, but, um, and he pointed out, you know, the exact pixel resolutions of each one and all this kind of stuff is getting kind of technical about it. And, uh, I had to think about it and realized, yeah, he's, yeah, he's right. I'd probably get a better crisper, higher resolution image just using a, a new Fuji. But, um, then I replied, well, it's not why I use it. You know, it's the resolution's nice and I, I like having the resolution, but I'm also realistic about it. Most pictures never get shared big enough for that resolution to be an issue anyway. Uh, it's really the, the using of the camera. It's the workflow out in the field. Um, a view camera just speaks to me. Uh, I feel much more engaged with Uh, the composition, not necessarily the subject, but the composing of it. Uh, I'm very particular about what's included in the frame and what's not included in the frame. And I will drive myself nuts deciding if I want to include that 
telephone pole or not include that telephone mm -hmm. pole at the edge. And mm -hmm. it, it's an obsessive thing. I don't even know that it's healthy. I don't know that it helps my work even necessarily, but um, <laughs> it's the way I have to do things. It's kind of mm -hmm. how I do everything in life. I just tiled a shower in my house here and I was doing the same obsessive thing. Do I want to cut it here or do I want to cut it <laughs> a half inch this way so that the tile ends at this line? Like it's just this kind of obsessive picking apart. Mm. And the view camera lets me do that really well because I can I can keep lines perfectly straight when I want them perfectly straight. I can create distortion when I want distortion. I can remove distortion when I don't want it. And because I'm looking at the ground glass and it's not off of a mirror, it's not a viewfinder, it's not any separation between what the negative is literally going to see, um, I know exactly what I'm going to get and I have full control over everything. So that that camera really works well with how I like to compose shots. How important is the aspect ratio for your style? Because I'm asking this because sometimes um, uh, one of my favorite cameras that I own is uh, uh, a Lipka Rollop uh, TLR. Uh, I put a, um, um, a bright screen by Rick Olson in there and it's an amazing camera with a, with yeah, some would say a mediocre lens, but it has so much charm, and 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 um, I love to use it a lot. Uh, also, because the screen is amazing, looking at a, a waist level viewfinder and seeing the square image in with the new screen and really bright and and colorful um, uh, uh, image, it, I. I feel like a lot of times I'm drawn to this uh, square aspect ratio because I love using that camera so much, even when I shoot digital. Um, what's yeah. your take on the, how important is this aspect ratio for your style? Because when we, we we're currently looking at your office and uh, uh, everyone who's interested can uh, see in your on your YouTube channel, the, um, the image that you have on your wall that you printed and, you uh, had an episode on how you, on your YouTube channel, how you printed it. And lots of times your work has this really stretched panoramic format. Is that yeah. what defines your style as well? Uh, I think it's certainly a factor. Um, six by 17 is not uh, a super common format for people for un understandable reasons. There's very few cameras that can do it. Um, it's, it's very different composing in a panoramic format versus something like two by three aspect ratio, four by five. But, um, you know, to answer your question, the aspect ratio is huge for me. Uh, I find myself drawn to compositions based off the aspect ratio, um, more than anything. So, uh, certain subjects will jump out at me that don't really jump out at other people because I'm so in that one by three aspect ratio mindset all the time, I'm kind of seeing the world in that aspect ratio. And, um, you know, as I'm, as I'm talking about it now, I'm kind of realizing it's, it's almost the complete opposite of what, uh, my style was, um, earlier on in my photography. So in that video, uh, you referenced, I, I shared, uh, the one where I talk about style that is not the print, but, um, I shared some of my earlier work when I was doing digital in about 2006 to 2010 ish. And it was a lot of vertical two by three photos. And I was doing landscapes with very big foregrounds, wide angle, vertical, uh, frequently because that really exaggerates the foreground. And, um, when I eventually got burned out on that style, 
that's when six by 17 started to kind of creep into my life. And now I'm doing that, which is essentially the opposite. There's almost no foreground in the scene. Uh, you're getting this long sideways view of the world instead of that vertical up and down view. So, um, maybe I drew or I got drawn to six by 17 in the first place as kind of a protest to that vertical <laughs> two by three aspect ratio. I was, I was uh, beaten to death, you know, and eventually got tired of, but, um, yeah, aspect ratio is huge. I'm the same way with square format. Like mm. you're talking about when you see the image in one-to-one, -one, it just feels different. Uh, composing in it feels so different than cropping to it also. Yeah, that's what I wanted to say. I know exactly why I don't want to use a GFX 100 because you have all this screen above and below the widescreen aspect ratio. And I think that yeah. detracts when you compose an image because you, you could, you know, tape it off and just put some masking tape on it and put the, Yeah, but that's, you, that's, that's one of those things. That's, yeah. Well, I don't if you know. try to explain it, if, so, if you have to explain it to someone, they wouldn't understand. <laughs> Yeah. I we uh, uh, we had Todd Coral on the show. I don't know if you're familiar with his work, and he uses um, uh, Hasselblad digital cameras that have an X X pen mode. Oh yeah, yeah. So you can basically have the aspect ratio, and he likes it a lot. He says in his videos, yeah. but uh, I mean uh, the Fuji. I'm not aware that they have uh, the medium format. They have these uh, capabilities. So yeah, it's always. I mean, uh, especially if you consider how big the six by seventeen uh, screen is, the ground glass is. Yeah, it's nothing compared that, that makes to a difference. Image. I think you know, uh, you know, the the size of a of the image as you as you compose it. Um, yeah, anybody who uh, anybody who's ever laughed at a tourist holding up their iPad to take a photograph, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, and uh, I have I have an uncle. I, I won't. I have more than one uncle, so don't go fishing around on the internet, listeners, to figure out which <laughs> uncle it is. But I have an uncle who has like the big iPad. Is it nearly thirteen inches or something like yeah. that? And he will actually take it out and use it to take a photograph. <laughs> and, uh, but yeah, and, and although I laugh, I used to love. You know, uh, I don't have it anymore. But when I was shooting. Used to shoot with the Bronica quite a lot. I used to love, yeah, you know, just you know, falling into the viewfinder, as it were, um, yeah, and stuff like that. But I really want to pick up on this aspect ratio thing because I mean I've got a little bit, yeah, you know, about about me because I actually flip flop. So at the moment I'm shooting quite a lot of vertical, but for for some years pre previous I I shot often in at least a two to one, if not a you know a two three five to one ratio, and that was my go to. But Claire, I've got a question for you actually. Mm. So because your your style of photography and you, you, you're heavily influenced by cinematography, which is often quite a wide aspect ratio. But the mm. medium you choose to use is mostly a square. Uh, yeah, I love, so what I, does aspect ratio mean to you? Um, I mean, I love square format. I always have. Um, so I, I, I love it. I love square format. I love it. I love. I love how it looks. I love, um, and I love it in exhibitions. I love. I always get drawn to the square format but it doesn't mean it doesn't mean i would not shoot anything that wasn't square but it's just something i like but it's interesting because i do like square and, and a lot i do work with that predominantly i think you do i do think in that way and and go, if i rewind back to um what uh, nick was saying i think i do the same thing in that if i'm if, if i'm on a shoot I can make multiple versions. You know, to someone else, it'll look like the same picture. 
and they're like, why have you you've like <laughs> you've taken loads of the same picture? But to me, it's not. You see, it's it's like, well, I'll just move slightly this way, that way, or like you said, should I have that pole in or should I not have that pole in? I go through that a lot. Um, yeah, but, I can relate there's, to there's that. Pros, there's pros and cons because sometimes, I mean, you were saying earlier about what is style, and at the moment, I, I love the square format, but even I think. Um, mm, there's 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 pros and cons of everything and maybe you know another format um and another aspect ratio as you like might might be interesting as well so you you know you can change at any point can't you or but, but, um, I, do, I, but I personally do like square and I love color you know uh, it's not that like I don't like black and white it's just that I do really really love color and working out colors and whether it's style or more aesthetic, I love. I know the aesthetic I like, which is where is um, for me here in Wales. I love the uh, California <laughs> Americana aesthetic. <laughs> um, so uh, you know that's. But well, you need to come out here. Yeah, I do really want to come out. I, w I will be coming out at some point. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I like, and the other aesthetic I like. So this is not so style, but I like is the kind of the British UK British folk chorus style if you want to call it that but i really love um you know where you live nick and yeah. the aesthetic of, of around where you live i have a question for both of you nick and claire um uh, do you think this meticulousness that you are very very careful about composing has something to do with using film because i feel like i started i i think i'm the same and even mm. when I shoot digital, I'm very picky about composition, even when I shoot with a phone. And uh, I got that from shooting film because, A, it wasn't cheap to just waste uh, exposures. And the other thing I thought was that um, a little bit like Nick said, maybe not as um, uh, not as uh, meticulous as you do it, Nick, but I felt like I need to do the right thing with the piece of film that I'm exposing. And um, that really stuck with me. That was something that I never changed. And uh, do you think this meticulousness is specific to shooting film? Um, for me, I don't think so. I think it comes more from being an architectural photographer, uh, first and foremost, because that's what I do as my day job, I guess you could say. But uh, so I, that's all digital clients need digital. Um, but I'm the same way on those. So yeah. I'll be shooting a building and you know, whether the corner, the ceiling line goes right into the corner of the frame, or if it's a little bit off or a little bit low, like those are the things I'm nitpicking on my digital camera. Um, I'm much sloppier about it with exposure and I'm much sloppier about it with, you know, um, bracketing and all that kind of stuff because it doesn't cost anything. So why not? With the, with the film stuff, I'm kind of equally nitpicky with uh, um, the composition, but I'm only going to do one or two exposures to make sure I'm not going broke too too young. What about you, Claire? I would What's say, good? yeah, I, I would say something similar in a way. I would say um, I'd be the same with digital. I don't think it's anything to do with film, that I think the um, – and, and I think it's just – one of those things you agonise over sometimes, isn't it? It's, it and, and what you, which shot you end up choosing to put out is is part of your choice in eliminating whether you're going to keep that pole in or you're going to keep it out. Or you, um, so I don't think it's to, to, to do with film, but I think for me definitely 
the choice to return to film and stay with film was around um, colour and colour saturation and how different, you know, how film stocks look. But then that's because, but then I'm going back to 2006 or seven when I was, um, didn't have a lot of skills, not that I have a lot now, but, (laughs) um, and I was shooting digitally and I, and I've said this before, for me, um, I didn't like what I was, it was lacking something and it felt cold to me. And then when I switched to film, I went back to film because I did did some in school. um, It was like, oh, you know, the way the colours translated, it was more of what I was looking for, I think. So that's what, that was my choice from sticking with film. And then all those other things, like what you were saying earlier, Nick, about, I quite like all the process, putting the (laughs) the roles of filming and the anticipation. And... um, you know, yeah. although I use instant films, a lot of instant films, so you obviously... Oh, yeah, I do some of that not, too. Not, yeah. it's, not, it's not, you know, the same as as when you've got a role and you either have to develop it um, yourself or you send it off and then, you know, you see what you've got. But I like that anticipation. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's a big part of it for me. Yeah. Yeah, even with instant film, because... And I was thinking about this when I was doing the, um, the style video or maybe it was another video, but I, I kind of started to analyze photography as there's low stakes photography and there's high stakes photography. And, um, that's obviously a a gross oversimplification. There's overlap and everything, but, um, you know, certain types of photography and one is not better than the other, by the way, I'm not saying one's better than the other, that certain types of photography have to be low stakes. Like if you want to be a good street photographer, it can't cost you $15. Every time you take a picture, you're going to miss way too many photos. Um, and, wedding photographers have to be low stakes that's why digital or 35 millimeters probably best or if they're doing medium format mm-hmm. not six by nine because that's going to cost you a lot per frame but for what i like to shoot or how i like to shoot i guess um high stakes works really well for my creativity it seems to to thrive on that much better because every time i've tried to uh do some 35 millimeter or break out my digital camera. Like I have a Fuji digital camera that I love. It's the X pro two and it never gets used. I love the camera and I never use it because every time I pick it up, as soon as I take a photo, I just feel like "Eh, that was pointless and it's not pointless. Obviously there's no reason my brain should make that calculation. Um, But for some reason, my creativity just doesn't, find much value in it unless there's a lot that could go wrong. It could Mm -hmm. cost me a lot of money if I screw it up. (laughs) Like I almost need that pressure. And I'm definitely that way in every aspect of my life. Mm -hmm. Like I'm self-employed. I've always been Mm -hmm. self-employed. Well, not always, but since about 18. But um, I do really well self-employed because I put so much pressure on me. So I put all these heavy deadlines on myself. I try mm-hmm. and get things done. And eventually I have to stop myself and be like, wait, you made up this deadline. Why are you so stressed about it? And yeah. it's because that's the only way it's going to get done the way I want it to get done is I have to have all these pressures on me. And film gives me that majorly. <laughs> it's, I, <clears throat> yeah, it's, a, uh, it's a funny that you say this because I, I love to shoot Insect Square. And Insect Square, like one or two years ago felt really expensive mm. it's quite cheap now i think <laughs> compared yeah. to other prices uh, but this uh okay there are very few good insect square cameras i use the sq6 and for some strange reason it works really well for me 
and uh and i feel the same uh, like you i mean it's it's not obviously like a sheet uh or four by five or even eight by ten sheet that if you waste it you can kiss uh, like 20 euros goodbye but um yeah i think even though I, I generously shoot Instax, I think it's still the feeling is a little bit like you describe it, and uh, it it gives me this certain this little bit of edge that I need to be more careful with uh, how I use it. So, it, especially yeah. because you can only carry so many packs of Instax Square with you on an outing. Yeah, um, yeah. Is is yeah, there a, is there an it. element here then? Because we spent a few minutes talking about talking about process i guess in some way and 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 the way yeah the way that we approach photography uh is there an element of that then that you know that maybe it's the pressure maybe it's the high stakes that, that, that contribute to the style do you think so is it is it yeah the the style comes from understanding who you are this is a bit of a leap maybe but I'll, I'll take it anyway and you can all shout me down um the 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 is, is there a bit of the style that you're driving indirectly you're you're driving towards an emerging style because of the 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 high stakes the process the amount of effort uh that that, that needs to be put in because it feels that perhaps when you're bit and and I'm trying to avoid saying things. I like film makes me slow down and film makes me more deliberate. Actually, I don't yeah, forget. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Forget, yeah. but is because because that is, it, I mean, it's often said for one thing. But but in terms of style, you you could sort of make a causal connection, perhaps that says, okay, well, yeah, because the stakes are higher, and I really love that phrase, actually, Nick. I'm going to keep that one and reuse it if if I may <laughs> in the future. But the if the stakes are higher, then there's more deliberation, there's more effort, uh, and therefore your your learning from every experience is greater, and you're more in, and as Nick you said yourself, you're more invested in in things, and therefore there's there's yeah it it takes you forward that much more. Do you think? Yeah, um, yeah, I have a lot of thoughts. I'll try not to ramble too much, but um, sorry, it's the, a podcast. Uh, We're fine. Don't worry. Okay, good. Okay. <laughs> it's not I, YouTube. I always, we don't need to worry about it. So we don't need to get well, it done in fifteen minutes. It's all good. Yeah, I, I think by talking, and so I, I, I hope I don't come across as like I got it all figured out. This is me spitballing and, and thinking. But um, so I, I've definitely learned personally that if I try and actively pursue a photographic style. I ain't gonna find it. Um, that's not how I've ever gotten a picture that is uh, something I'm proud of. It's when I'm just going about my work that the style comes out and it is the style I want without even really realizing it. And there's certain things that I have to do to get the creative side functioning properly to bring that style about and they can seem unrelated sometimes and I can't even draw a direct connection to why that is bringing the style out. Um, one of them is shooting film and in, in high stakes photography for me, it, it does seem to bring this or, or groove me into the style without really realizing it. Maybe it's because I'm, selecting my shots more carefully and that's making it so I'm not wasting time on pictures I'm not really invested in. You know, it could be a lot of things. Um, I've learned uh, another example myself personally, I can't look at other people's work 
um, that really screws up my style big time. And um, I'm, I don't recommend that to people necessarily. I don't think it's a good thing. I actually think it's a character flaw in myself because I, I'm very easily uh, intimidated by other people's work and jealous of other people's work. So if I'm looking at photos that I like, um, I'm just going to start copying them. And, and there's almost no way I can, I can avoid that. Um, and I came across a photographer many, many years ago who really preached photographic celibacy for that reason, which was his idea of don't look at anybody's work ever um, because you're just going to taint your own style. And again, I'm not preaching it. I know a lot of people, <laughs> I know a lot of people really benefit from viewing other people's work. But um, for me, the proof is in the pudding. People always tell me um, the, the, the two photographers I get compared to most um, are uh, Gregory Crudson and Andreas Gursky. Both photographers I would not even be in the same sentence with if I had my way, because guess the only two photographers that I look at, Gregory Crutzen and Andreas Gursky. So I obviously am copying their style, whether it's uh, subconscious or not, um, and people are picking up on that occasionally. So I am very careful uh, of doing things that I know is going to be good for my creativity. And I almost treat my creativity like it's a separate person and I, or it's mm -hmm. a pet, you know, and I have to, I have to give it what it needs just to, to be a good pet. And, um, I may not understand why it needs that. I just have to give it that, um, one of those things is high stakes. One of those is not looking at other people's work. Mm -hmm. Um, a lot of it is letting myself obsess over one particular subject until it runs its course and mm -hmm. not actively try and push myself out of it or uh, keep myself going in it once I've tired of it. Um, kind of just let my pet do its thing and, and be the pet that it is and, mm -hmm. and feed it and give it what it needs and then trust that it's going to give me back uh, what I want. That's really, really interesting. I love, and I love the analogy as well. Thank you. I should, yeah, the, 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 uh, I love it. So, so um, somewhat miraculously for this podcast, we've strayed close to a prepared question um, because one of the things that I've been thinking of uh, you know, the, to, to discuss today uh, is exactly uh, along in that area of, of other people's work, inspiration, learning, developing, you know, how is it, you know, how is it that, you know, we can, we can view other people's work and have, and be inspired by that to go out and make our own, but, and, and, and how close to the flame can you get before you're copying and, and plagiarizing rather than yeah. being inspired by, um, and, and so is that, is it the case then Nick, that, you know, if, if you really are only, uh, you're, you're actively managing from what you've just said, then you're actively managing your intake, um, to, you know, so, so do you, do you look at things on Instagram, for example? Nope. No, mm -hmm. no, neither do no, I. I, I don't, follow, I, so, yeah. I follow maybe two photographers. Um, uh, the rest of it's just, I don't know, people getting hit in the nuts and you know people falling down it's just stupid stuff like it's I just, know, last time i was it, on instagram it was a photo junk, platform junk so, yeah. yeah i know it, it's so dumb instagram is just junk food for my brain and i i, <laughs> I was following photographers that i admired and uh i had to keep unfollowing people i just had to every time i went on i would go on and i would get that sinking feeling of not only am i not 
out taking pictures right now, but I didn't take that picture and that picture is really <laughs> awesome. So like I would just get so beaten down and so kind of like, uh, down on myself that I, I just had to stop doing it. And that's when I kind of, you know, really started embracing the photographic celibacy thing a little more, uh, a little more seriously. But, um, you know, I think, uh, uh, maybe people who are more confident or who don't take photography so seriously, or maybe that's not even the right word. Photography may not be their entire existence and their entire identity. <laughs> like you can probably look at other people's work and, and get great, uh, benefit from it and get inspiration and all that kind of stuff. But, uh, for me, uh, it must be a low self-esteem thing or something, but I just can't, uh, I can't have great work that I admire, um, shoved in my face every day because <laughs> I will start yeah. copying it or I will just feel really crappy about myself and I won't go out and take pictures. Um, mm, very interesting. Right? It is. Yeah. So, cause the, sorry, just a question if I may, um, cause there's the, there's a, a lot of what you say then it resonates with me i mean i i don't do instagram although to be honest i don't really do social media at all because that uh yeah that, that you. definitely is it, uh, it is not something it, it takes me downwards rather than lifts me up right uh, yeah. and it's also a massive time sink for me um so uh i tend to i i do enjoy looking at the work of others often perhaps in books i i'm not saying no to the internet by any stretch of my jet. i just you know i i love finding photographers on the internet and and you know and using that as a way to find out about new people and and, and understand their work a little bit and then i can dive deeper but i wanted to ask claire a similar question actually mm. um because the i mean claire you talk often about your inspiration and about your mm. reference points uh, uh and yeah uh, and about the things that you draw upon and and yet you know uh, uh and some of that is reflected in your own personal style but for, from my point of view looking at your work you very much do have a personal style and 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 perhaps there are some influences but i don't i don't look through your imagery mm. to see the influence i see it's a claire photo right it's a claire <laughs> image so have you experienced or, or what is your experience with the the difference between inspiration and and copying and and have you managed that and has that changed for you over time as your style oh, has evolved there's a lot there there um, is yeah well, sorry <laughs> I, you know i have films moving films so I, I can watch a film and I can get inspiration from that, from a scene or a set or, or whatever. And I do, um, the certain photographers I love, like I love Helmut Newton. So I've got some of his photo books there on my shelf. I don't look at them every day, but now and again, I might get one out and, and look and then I'll get inspired again. But sometimes I get, but I can get inspired by music. I listen to lots and lots of music. I'm sure we all do. Music's really important to me. And so it can be something, it can be a lyric or it can just be the feel of the music and how it affects you. So I don't know, my brain or my mind just never switches off. So I could just be driving in my car and an idea will come to me. So um, I don't know if I'm answering your question, Aid. So, so when I go out shooting, which, and I get all the stuff that Nick said about the high stakes, because my next project is you know, I'm, I'm going to be doing it on medium format using drones in low light and I have to produce work from an exhibition and so much can, and I could, I know when I'm doing it, I feel like in my head, you see, I can see what I want. I suppose this is what I'm going to. And I know so much could go wrong and the whole thing could be a complete disaster. But do you go out, Nick? See, do you go out with, when you go out with your cameras to shoot, 
do you already have the image in your head that you want to create or do you have more flexibility than that? So of course, quite often, sometimes I'll see what I want in here and then I'll, then I'll go out to, you know, to create it. Um, yeah. Do you work with that or do you, or do you go out thinking I've got this burning desire to go out today? Um, but you have more flexibility or do you see the shot in your head and then you work towards that? If that makes sense. I got to start by saying, I think Claire and I are the same person. <laughs> your, your approach to photography, you're, you're basically yeah. describing exactly what I'm running into. Because I, I seek inspiration from movies, uh, yeah. majorly music, um, paintings, anything that's not photography, I yeah. get massive inspiration from. And that will mm -hmm. heavily influence my style and what I want to photograph. But um, to answer your question, um, the, the uh, compositions are very well formulated in my, in my head, typically. Yeah before I go out, um, I'll drive along somewhere and I will see a subject and I get a flash almost instantly, mm -hmm. much of the time of a, of a rectangle around it and exactly how I yeah. want to shoot it. Yeah. And when I show up, I'll, I'll sometimes refine it and tweak a little bit here and there. And I might find something better that I just didn't see from, from that angle. But for the most part, what I originally envisioned is what I end up, uh, with on the light table and it's okay. just um it it took a long time to to kind of reach that point where i can i can just trust that first flash and let that really steer the whole the whole endeavor mm -hmm. um and then i can nitpick you know do, do i want that yeah. telephone pole in there and stuff like that but um yeah it's very very well formulated generally before i go out is that how it is for you yeah go off okay, yeah because we are yeah. the same person yeah <laughs> I, I i uh i found uh, i just had a look at wikipedia as you do if you want to know the truth about stuff um no, just <laughs> kidding um and the 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 wikipedia article about style and visual arts starts with a quote from a book called art history and its method a methods a critical an, uh, anthology by uh, um, eric fernie and it says um in the visual arts style is a distinctive manner which permits the grouping of works into related categories and what i <clears throat> what i uh, hear when i hear you two or especially you nick uh, talk about your style is that you want to be you want that to be a nick carver category and not a category that puts you into the same you know um drawer as other photographers and i think uh, if i look at what or if i remember what people tell me about their style and what they look for in style it's almost always some sort of uniqueness um that they yeah. strive for to be recognizable and to have their own category and for me it's very interesting i'm completely different than you i um uh i post on instagram not a lot of people like my uh, images just and especially the ones that i think are amazing get so the least good, likes yeah. and um i'm it doesn't really bother me because i don't take uh, photos to please people um because i don't have to earn a living with it uh it's perfectly sure. fine to to you know if you have to of course it's okay to do that but i don't have to and uh, for me i i um for example i admire craig roberts a lot he's a uk uh, photographer from the uk and he has a very distinctive style of composing images and what i want to try to find out if whether or not i can at least 
approximate the way he composes images because I find them visually very interesting. What I don't find interesting is uh, his um, choice of, for example, if he shoots black and white, it's a lot of times not very contrasty. It's his style not to be very contrasty. He has very, I like his color images uh, because they have a very, uh, um, a little. they're a little bit flat in a, in a nice way, but that's not absolutely not the way I like to shoot. And um, I feel like trying uh, studying his work um, is uh, important for me because it will make me a better photographer. But I feel like I there is no danger at all to, that I will copy his work. And that on the one hand is because I won't be able to because he's a much better photographer. But on the other hand, there is, yeah, it's, it's, it's in interesting how different people um, approach their photography um, because there are lots of people who look at work and then try to distill what they like and then create their own style out of it yeah. and uh yeah but yeah i i'm yeah. uh i'm kind of with you on that i can i can follow photographers where i have no desire to uh match their style in any way so there's photographers that i'll mm. admire i really like how they shoot things but i know i'm never going to be that photographer and more importantly i don't yeah. want to be that photographer that i can follow them like street photography is one of them because i love street photography i love good street photography but i know I am never going to be a street photographer. I'm the wrong personality type for it. Um, and I've wanted to be a good street photographer even, and I just, it's not going to happen. So I can look at street photography without feeling that, that, um, that twinge of, oh God, my, my life is such a disaster and I'm a terrible photographer. And I don't have to go through that, that pain of just like, uh, tearing myself down because I can just admire the work objectively. And I think, um, or I guess subjectively, but not emotionally attached. Uh, I think most people can do that. I, I think most people are healthy and they can, they can do that with any work, even that's in the same genre as what they, they like to shoot. Cause, um, whatever I have going on, I don't think is a, a good thing. I don't think it's a healthy response to looking at something you admire. But, um, when I look at something I admire, I don't, I don't really get inspiration. I get, um, or photography I'm, I'm speaking of here. When I look at uh, photos I really admire, I don't really get as much inspiration as I get uh, discouragement that I didn't think of that idea first, or I didn't take that photo first, or um, I'm not taking photos right this moment, and therefore I'm not uh, a worthy photographer. So um, yeah, if it's a, something, a, a look that I don't particularly want to recreate, yeah, I can. I can probably. Mm. I'm not entirely sure. If, I'm not entirely sure if I agree on this. It's unhealthy thing because I find it very healthy to look at what input you take in and then <laughs> decide for yourself what is good for you and what's not. So I, yeah. I think that's uh, something that I hope my kids learn in a world where input is abundant, and I hope that they really know how yeah, to filter that. Um, but I think, uh, yeah, from what we, uh, what you said, what Claire said, and what Aid said, I think I gather that we all are looking for this category of style of our own, because I think that is something. I think there is an inert um, need in uh, creative people to create something unique, 
even though yeah. it's very hard because a lot of stuff is has been done and yeah so i think that's that's something that i'm i'm thinking about a lot because what is what is the unique thing that i can create that nobody has done before and i think in photography i won't ever be able to have a style that is unique i think because pr probably not because i'm because i'm not shooting enough and well it's a difficult that, thing to okay pursue for, for one yeah. i mean it's a, it takes a lot of time uh which you know i'm definitely realizing i, I can't believe i've been doing this like 23 years now but um mm. it just takes a long time to to create anything unique uh, everything's been done first of all mm. i mean photography's been around long enough it's all been done and, and i mean it's so easy for people to get into photography now that um every type of person you can imagine is taking photos now so every type yeah. of approach to photography is being done so the odds of creating something truly unique is almost impossible i mean just laws of numbers it's it's just not mm -hmm. really going to happen so it ends up being a body of work that is developed over many 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 years so that people get a sense of who you are and what your style is over the course of time rather than uh, you know a body of work you created in one year um it's going to take many 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 years before people get a sense of oh this person's different um through the ups and downs i'm getting a sense of what they are and that's uniquely them uh, in terms of uh when you look at your not your professional work because that's work where you need to please customers but at your private mm -hmm. your your artwork um how important is it to you that uh, what's the balance between shooting uh, photos for yourself and shooting so that you think other people like your style how much how yeah. much uh, is the how much how important is the opinion of other people yeah it is a super difficult yeah. thing that every photographer i'm sure runs into and um man i'm so glad i'm not getting into photography now with social media and all those inputs and likes attached to your photos yeah. and everything because i got in early enough that that wasn't uh, around yet um and you know i've i've thought about this because I, I struggle with that urge of wanting people to like my photos i i do really want people to like my photos i like seeing that the likes number hiking you know on my instagram oh. posts i can't deny it i've tried to pretend mm -hmm. that that's not the case but it's absolutely the case. I want people to like my photos. I want more views. I want more likes. And what I've made peace with on that is that's a good urge that people have that urge. Um, the person who doesn't want approval from other people is a criminal. They're sociopaths. They're <laughs> murderers. Like they don't care what other people think of them. And then they do bad things because they don't care. It's good. It's a, a, it's a symptom of a good person to want to please other people. Now, of course, that can go too far and you are valuing yourself based off of the likes on Instagram. That's obviously not, not good. Mm -hmm. And walking that line is kind of the tricky part. And mm. you should take photos for yourself that make you happy. That's when yeah. I've created my best work mm. is when I'm taking photos that I want to see. Mm. But you can't 
really completely ignore that side of wanting to to connect with people because otherwise you know photography is a form of communication you're trying to communicate something to people so if no one likes what you're communicating you're gonna have to take a long hard look in the mirror if nobody likes it i mean maybe you can make peace with not that many people like it but the right people like it that's fine too um but yeah it's really hard to walk that line of trying to just do what feels right and do what makes you happy but also being okay with wanting people to like it um you know and there's some photos i've taken where i know no one's gonna like it but i take it anyway and then i feel Mm. good about taking it um and that satisfies that urge Mm. but i've gotten a lot better over the years of not taking a photo because it's going to get a reaction from people. Um, it has to first and foremost satisfy me in some way. Mm. If it also is something people like, that's cherry on top. That's mm-hmm. that's gravy. So uh, I, f- I find it very important that you have uh, during this journey of developing a style. I find it very important to have a safe community that gives mm-hmm. you feedback which is, I think, a very rare thing today uh, that you go to, for example, especially when you go on the internet, uh, you go to uh, communities and there very often are trolls who, you know, make, uh, do anything to make you feel bad. That's something that is very um, difficult. I feel like, for example, our Sunny16 Discord a community is uh, um, a very safe space to post work and to get into touch with uh, people. And I found it very useful. I was on the Film Wasters Forum um, um, uh, when I started um, shooting film and uh, I had very good experiences with very friendly people uh, that uh, helped me uh, answer questions uh, when I, for example, I remember <clears throat> distinctly remember uh, getting into um, using color filters on uh, for black and white photography. And even though you have a certain idea how it works, sometimes it's a good thing when you see an image uh, and ask that person, how would you uh, would you um, be okay sharing? what filter you use and how yeah. you did it and and that and and people really uh, generously shared their experiences and i felt like in my developing a style uh, air quotes um it really helped that um i was in a safe community where i could um ask yeah. questions and uh, people helped me because i think developing a style also uh uh, in in a lot of um lot of time lots of times it's uh it also has something to do with with being proficient with a tool you use um mm-hmm. sometimes it's it's not but for me it was the case because i needed to you know use technical stuff can, can i ask yeah. you all a question then because this is because mm-hmm. i'm sitting here and this is really really good interesting you know conversation and i'm learning a lot from listening to the three of you but i'm sitting here thinking I, I'm not sure that I see the world in quite the same way because sometimes I think if somebody likes my photographs, I'm doing them wrong, right? 
it's like, so, it's like, no, that's, I, yeah. And part of that is possibly because, uh, and, you know, you can never fully, uh, as Nick was saying, you can never fully cast aside the, the, the wanting to be part of something, or, or dare I say it in my case, at least the ego. Um, the, but, there, there, I like to think, gen, genuinely like to think that actually the reason I'm doing this is because I'm exploring for my learning and my my benefit, and you know, and that actually, if I was to suddenly find myself in a situation where loads and loads of people actually liked my photography, I I feel that that was wrong in some way, and I, and I don't think that's imposter syndrome. I don't mm. think I'm trying to be, or, or I'm trying to be a martyr of some kind here, right? Because I I, th I think it's genuine because I've thought about this a lot uh, over the years, and like actually, what is it that I like, and why is it that the things that I like, um, that that, that I make that I like, and the things that I'm drawn to, the stuff that I make that other people possibly don't like. Because and, and, you're a rebel, mate. Well, yeah, <laughs> is, is that thing? Because again, I'm not trying to glorify it, right? So, so it's very kind of you to call me a rebel. Because hey, let's <laughs> let's face it, there's the, that 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 massages the ego as much as anything else, as much as acceptance, isn't it? You know, I can be the rebel is is, is as much about ego as it is about being ac as as accepted is. So, and I, I, is, I, um, I can I ask so, you a question? Is that yeah. is the idea of uh, something being mainstream? Um, Kind of repulsive to you yeah okay and, yeah, that, and that comes then. from being a teenager when i was a metaler and then into yeah into hip-hop and goth music and stuff like that. so there's the definitely the musical yeah. in influence mm. there now i'm middle-aged it's a little bit little bit more challenging to express all that side of myself it's difficult to to turn up to meetings yeah you know, mm. where, yeah so uh, like if you're if you're pleasing too many people then you're now the man and uh you're mainstream and that's maybe what's uh i don't know i think uh, it's a fear of being mainstream more than anything else yeah. so mm. um okay. you know it's you know uh yeah and it manifests in a whole bunch of different ways like i'm really picky about the clothes i wear but that's not because i follow certain fashion designers or or anything like that i'm just yeah i mean may not look at just now because i'm slobbing around the house right but in other <laughs> in other areas of my life when i'm not just hanging out with friends on the internet um uh i actually although i think i did wear this zip up top for work today uh so i've been on video calls for hours wearing this exact same clothing but the the uh there is i i'm really picky about stuff but but from a point of uh you know it, so i have that this classic thing of right i'm i'm a 40 year old man who's also a dad what the hell do i wear to to look not old but <laughs> but not inappropriately young either you know is that, yeah. as, but, as a consolation your kids will always find you embarrassing and you're looking old so i thought i thrive you on can that, do though, whatever so you fine. want yeah, yeah. So, so, one, one question for me so, so yeah, because so what you're describing is basically the anti uh um the anti what's oh my goodness okay my german uh, my english is leaving me say it in german uh, we'll figure the it out diametral uh um, the opposite the opposite yeah good word the opposite of an influencer <laughs> right because the influencer tries to be consciously tries to be mainstream tries to please people and tries to develop a style that pleases as many people as possible yes i mean to me uh, being an influencer would be a fate worse than death 
Mm. Yes, <laughs> and that's that's. I yeah, mean, it's I, it's so I it's a fun, it's a funny. Uh, if I look at uh, people with popular um, Instagram and uh, from the photo community, from the film community with popular Instagram um, um, uh, accounts and 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 YouTube channels, there are people who who if they want it or not, are influencers already because a lot of film shooters want to be like those people. It, and it, yeah. um, it's, 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 the, the, the thing is where I'm trying to, where I, that I'm trying to get at, I think there are people who follow Nick's uh, YouTube channel because they want to try to shoot the style that he does. Mm. Uh, uh, there are, I follow people like Todd Coral and, and other influential photographers because I like the style and try to learn from them and I think if we want it on uh, or not, as soon as people know us, it's it can happen that they like your style and then then try to um, try to yeah. it, it, they pop you, they make you popular and then you are mainstream if you want it or not. And uh, there are also very extravagant and yeah. very unique um, uh, film photographer Claire, namely, for example. And she's well known in the community, and she has a very distinct style. But uh-huh. I, I, I wouldn't call you an influencer, Claire. But in the in the uh, mm-hmm. instant photography world, I think you you have an established name. And yeah, mm-hmm. I understand what you're saying, Aid. But I think uh, the problem is, as uh, <clears throat> the founder of the Sunny Sixteen podcast, yes. If you start sharing your work ex- extensively, and mm-hmm. and your zine is really good there is no way around uh, becoming more mainstream than you probably like yeah but that's that's a bit different i think because it, it, it you know it, it could be it, i'm not targeting that right so the re so uh, it took me years to understand why it is that i love podcasting so much now i've done yeah we've done sunny 16 nearly six years now I've done future photography for, for over five years so so i've got more than 500 podcasts under my belt at this point it took me years to figure out why if you want to think of it as a perhaps it's not quite the same as as photo- you know an emerging photographic style but but there is a there there is a journey there right nonetheless yeah. right and i thought uh, yeah there was a time where i thought oh well, yeah everybody was trying to monetize their podcast as like, oh we should monetize the podcast and things like that. and actually do you know what over uh, eventually i realized that the reason i love podcasting is because i love having good conversations and i love making new friends that i have in that shared interests with and i've made so many really great friends i mean like you know through all around the world people i would never have met in any other way um and all of that through podcasting and mm-hmm. and i think that's an amazing thing uh so yeah i think there's a there's a bit of a journey there of, of self-realization perhaps that it maybe has some similarities with a, a journey towards a photographic style mm-hmm. but I, I just want i just i just had the question because i just yeah really interested listening to you guys and this is one of the reasons i was really excited to do this mini series because there's, there's a whole depth we can explore in these conversations and i just I, think to myself well actually you guys are explaining it and there seems to be a thread between the experiences that the three of you had and i was sitting there thinking Hmm. <laughs> there's, just, there's clearly room for more than one view of the world, which is fantastic, and I love it. Yeah. I think I think if I could rewind us back when Nick was making your points on um, validation, and you know everyone needs validation, and um, I liked um, when you're talking about you know almost like psychopathy, but I liked what you were saying about um, that you don't look at other people's you know. I, I kind of get what you're saying, maybe, or maybe I haven't understood correctly, but uh, the thing about sometimes not 
overly looking at other people's work, particularly on platforms like Instagram, I think, because social media is a double-edged sword to me and it's almost like a necessarily evil and you can take yeah. bits. But I feel like the danger is you can th there's there's trends isn't there on instagram oh, and it yeah. is you know like you say and oh they've got you know thirty thousand followers and that means i must be rubbish and all this thing you know we're only human can go through our head and i think the danger of platforms like instagram is you can be tempted to think i'm going to tweak and change my work because this is in vogue at the moment i'm going to make my pictures more like this because i might get more followers and more likes and before you know it you're you're going out of your lane if you like that and so i think yeah. it it's takes something to feel like i'm this is the work i'm creating at the moment you know or whatever this is my style for now <laughs> it might change and to stick with that i think it's quite brave and i always think of um you know jarvis cocker from pulp um you know the uk band pulp don't you um you know they were going for years they were going for years and years and years and they had a follow a tiny following but they were all going to give up and then it was just one of those kind of something happened you know if it was one of those ecos moments and then they just broke massive in the in, in in a certain part of the 90s but they'd already been going for years and no one was really paying them that much attention but they stuck at it they had that yeah they had their own style their own sound their own look and suddenly, after almost giving up, you know, they, they made it. So there is something, I think, about recognising, I don't know, being aware, like you say, how we're all vulnerable to wanting, definitely wanting more likes, wanting more followers, but then also feeling enough um, something within ourselves, I don't know, to stick mm -hmm. with our own kind of whatever's in our head, our own little vision and our own style, and not being overly swayed by what other people do. Yeah. Otherwise, I think you dilute what you're doing, um, and I find and I find Instagram in interesting anyway because I've met people who run gallerists and stuff, and some successful artists. And I'm always struck by some of them that some of them are not interested at all in Instagram, which I find incredible to me. I'm like, oh, and they're like, oh, you know, they don't see it as some not not everyone. Some some magazines and platforms do, but others see their um, focus elsewhere on people that will buy work so it's in, it's a whole interesting yeah what, dynamic. What, I, um, yeah. what i find very interesting is that one thing that uh, nick and ale have in common mm. is uh, that both of you nick you obviously on your youtube channel uh, and adrian you on the sunny 16 post you both shared in some way your creative process Nick, very obviously, but you ate. Uh, if I, uh, if uh, if we look back at the Sunny Sixteen uh, episodes where you talked about your plans of um, making a zine and creating a zine, you did a lot of thinking verbally on the podcast, mm -hmm. and uh, I really appreciated that, uh, and also appreciate Nick's um, Nick taking us into the thought process because no matter what the style is. Uh, it's very important that uh, uh, that's my takeaway from both of you is uh, it's important to uh, and also Claire because you talk about how you produce your images as well I, I find that very inspiring and it helps me even if, if mm -hmm. I don't want to look at uh, certain artists uh, because I'm afraid to copy them which I perfectly understand yeah. um, I find it very good that uh, you know the creative process is described, and it's uh, it's making um, uh, it's transparent to people listening and watching 
that there is a thought process going on. And I think that is something that's very important when developing a style because I feel like when I just clicked away, there was no development because there is no self-reflection. And I think developing a style can, I mean, people have a certain style because they're just talented and they won't change it. But I, I think the average Joe probably needs self-reflection and needs to have feedback and look at uh, their own process and images. And I find that is something that I That's thought really is very interesting. interesting. It's very interesting you should say that because at one level, for me personally, um, podcasting is just a sophisticated form of procrastination. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, Nick, what you feel. You have a, if you're ever in the depths of making a YouTube video and you think, I'd rather be out making photos, has that ever happened to you? <laughs> uh, to be honest, I'm not much of a procrastinator. I tend to o o overload myself with too much okay. to do. That's what yeah. usually ends up pushing things off yeah i'm uh but yeah as uh when claire was talking earlier about um you know seeking uh some sort of uh, approval and in incorporating instagram in your life and you know kind of walking that fine line of uh um you know seeking approval and wanting accolades for your work but not uh you know not going overboard and not not going full influence or anything like that i think uh, we can probably all agree there's a big difference between like an influencer who is seeking influence for influence sake versus someone who gains influence yeah. just, you know, because their work is beloved, uh, yeah, but they're doing the yeah. work yeah. that they should be doing. And I guess I'm just always hoping I'm going to be mm. in that latter category, yeah. you know? Um, and so if I can, pursue the work that is really meaningful to me and the work that I would want to see on my own walls or in my own book or whatever. Um, and that happens to lead to people, you know, I don't know, following me on YouTube or liking my pictures, however you want to gauge people's approval of your work. Um, then that is, I guess, the ultimate goal. I think mm -hmm. the second best goal would be not getting those accolades, but fully satisfied with your own work. And then the absolute worst goal mm -hmm. would be full-blown influencer. You don't like your own work. If you're being honest with yourself, you're doing it purely because people yeah. are, are reacting to it. And I guess that's what I'm always running away from is I want to make sure I'm not, because that's what I started with. with my photographic style when I was doing all digital after I, I ditched film uh, in 2006-ish, uh, when I went full digital, people's reactions were 100% driving what I was shooting. I mean, that was really it. And this was before Instagram and YouTube and all that kind of stuff. So it wasn't in that realm. It was mm. getting the, you know, the wow, oh my God, you took that picture from, you know, family members, friends, people, uh, you know, at work or whatever. When you're getting those reactions, but you're not really invested in the work, that's when it starts to... That's doomed for failure. That's why I hit such a slump six years later. Yeah, There's no way that can that can sustain. It's a very difficult balance. There are two very funny German uh, sayings. The one is, it's not good to only cook your own soup. And the other one is, too many cooks spoil the meal. And so the truth is somewhere in the middle, probably. So uh, yeah. have yeah. people that you trust come in and 
uh, give you feedback and maybe people that you dare to look uh, at in terms of work and and the other thing is to be to to also have the self confidence to say i'm i like what i do yeah, uh, yeah. because yeah i think that's important too because sometimes people uh, great artists were never set, satisfied satisfied with what they did yeah and uh, that is a little bit sad because their work was probably like the the masters of uh, you know the, the the painters there were some painters who never liked their work and 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 hated it and they were huge came out huge after they, their death and i find that a little bit de depressing i think I, I, <laughs> I i'd rather be happy with my work and uh and get the accolades and get the accolades so yeah but mm. that's hardly possible probably it's, it's, it's a tricky one isn't it a tricky one. listen guys um you know we have successfully opened the box on this discussion <laughs> um uh, there's no way we're gonna do this topic justice just in one conversation although actually i have really enjoyed the last hour and some uh and and thank you ever so much nick for joining us today uh been lots of insightful com conversation for me personally lots to take away lots to think about um and uh I, i'm really looking forward to the next one but um nick you know any any parting you know words of wisdom nick or or even something more prosaic of that if people would like to to see your work on the internet so they can appreciate it for the style that has emerged from it and not because you want to be an influencer for the wrong reasons uh, <laughs> where, where would people go to do that <laughs> uh most people know me from youtube so it's probably easiest just go to youtube search nick carver photo if you want to see my my chosen curated images you can go to <laughs> nickcarverphoto.com but um most people are gonna go to go the youtube route so Okay, yeah, YouTube is great. We'll put a link in the show notes. We'll also put a link to the, the website because I have had uh, the luxury of having a look at your website um, and uh, there's loads of good stuff on it. I have to say one that I keep going back to is looking at this and preparing for this conversation. There is a, a, a photograph, uh, I believe it's a 6 by 17 photograph, or at least it has that aspect ratio of uh, some cacti. And one of them yeah. is a really big one and it's smack in the middle of the frame and all the, and, and the geometry of that photo, as well as the creativity of it, I can tell that it's been meticulously uh, composed. Uh, at least yeah. it very much comes across that way. And I love the creativity that's gone into it as well. So that, that, that well, one is you. one that I just, it keeps coming back to me in my head, having now seen it. So I would encourage all our listeners to go to your website. <laughs> Thank you. Well, thanks a lot for having me. I was any opportunity I get to pontificate about photography, I'm always <laughs> down for. And uh, you guys are a, real, a lot of fun to talk to, so I appreciate it. Cool. Well, thank you very much. Uh, so, uh, Christian and Claire, any any last words to share with our listeners? Yeah, uh, from me, I, I really like uh, to hear what our listeners have to say about this. Uh, so please do write in at uh, sunny16podcast at gmail.com or use... Uh, the Discord server, because we really would love to have you join the conversation. Let us know what you think. And uh, yeah, uh, maybe we can, well, not maybe, we will address what you say in the upcoming episodes. And 
let's see where it takes us. Yeah, so please give us your feedback. Good point. Good point. Uh, for those that uh, we don't say it very often, but there is always in the show notes a link to our Discord. Uh, so please do come and join us. It's great. Yeah, we do have some great round robin conversations there that follow up on the podcast topics uh, of the week. So um, yeah, it'd be good to see more people there joining in. Claire, any last words from you? No, but I was just, I haven't got any news this week, but just on the conversation we just had, I was just thinking the thing about feedback. I think you have to, you have to please yourself first. You know, with your pictures, you have to please yourself first because you could get 10 people that tell you they don't like your picture. But if you, if you think actually, I really believe in this and I like it and I'm going to put it out there, you have to, I think you have to please yourself first. I like that. Amen to that. And not yeah, be overswayed. It's always about pleasing yourself first and not being overly swayed by sometimes by Good us. point. Yeah, excellent good way a good place to, good place to to to, to pause the conversation because this is not the end of the topic uh the you know this is the the mini series uh and next week uh we're going to indulge ourselves uh, as hosts of the sunny 16 podcast and we're going to talk about our own experiences with our own styles uh you know and uh you know explore that conversation a little bit as well uh so we will be back next week as on as always uh it has been an honor and a privilege to talk with you all and uh we'll see you soon take care goodbye, goodbye. Bye.